All right, ladies and gents, you know what time it is. This is another Saturday night edition, never out of bounds. It's a special edition. We're going to be talking some, you know, championship boxing tonight. We're also going to be talking some uh, college football as well and some MLB too. So let's get right into it. We're going to start with this college football. We got some scores from the top 25 in the nation. And let's go Let's go through them real quick. Uh, Clemson number two was able to get the win uh, against Georgia Southern earlier today. 38-7. Miami, Florida uh, number 21 in the nation was able to beat Toledo. 49-24. Uh, Oklahoma, ranked five in the nation, was able to get a get a solid win against the uh, conference rival Iowa State, 37 to 27. Middle Tennessee loses to number three Georgia, uh, 49 to seven. Kent State loses to number 11 Penn State, uh, 63 to 10. TCU uh, loses to Ohio State earlier this year. Uh, I had uh, TCU on upset upset alert. And look, looking almost into the, th the third quarter, uh, almost into the fourth, I was kind of right. The game was kind of close uh, at about 20. Days. I think they both were uh, near the 20s. But um, near the end of the game, last quarter, Ohio State, as usual, you know, a lot of times they just get the job done. And this is going to be interesting because this is their second week without their head coach. I think, actually, I'm sorry, this is their third week without their coach, uh, Urban Meyer. Greg Schiano, a former NFL coach and a former coach at Rutgers, is their uh, interim coach for now. I also think he's their uh defensive coordinator that's his usual job in terms of the stats uh Dwayne Haskins went 24 38 344 yards he had it he had two touchdowns in the air and also one on the ground J.K. Dobbins had 18 carries 121 yards K.J. Hill the wide receiver had six uh catches 95 yards Paris Campbell had two uh two catches 66 yards and a touchdown in terms of defense the def uh defensively they did pretty well they added two interceptions, uh, one by linebacker Malik Harrison, another one by the defensive tackle Draymond Jones. You don't really see that a whole lot, so uh, especially near the end of the game, Ohio's defense uh, definitely stepped their game up. As far as TCU goes, Sean Robinson with 24-40, 308 yards, uh, a touchdown and two interceptions. Darius Johnson had 12 carries, 130, 134 yards, so that's very efficient in my opinion. That's very good. And two touchdowns. Also, Sable Alonue had a touchdown as well. Jalen Rigor led the receivers. He had uh, seven catches for 98 yards. And Travante Heights, he had two catches for a touchdown and 57 yards. Now, in terms of defense, both their safeties led the way uh, in his gains. And uh, Ridwan Isa Shaku had, both had seven tackles. Now, uh, back to the scores. Uh, we got... Uh, Washington beating Utah, uh, number 10 Washington uh, beating Utah 21-7. And uh, before I forget, Ohio State is still ranked number four uh, in the nation. They're undefeated. TCU is at 15, but will probably drop, uh, definitely drop because of the loss. Now, uh, Notre Dame, who came in at number eight today, they had a close game with Vanderbilt. They ended up winning 22-17. Number nine, Stanford, uh, is that, goes out on top against UC Davis, 30-10. And in the big major upset today, Wisconsin loses to BYU 24-14. And as far as I as far as I looked over, I looked over the stats, looked over some highlights. Wisconsin just did not 
play a really great game uh, to their standards. Uh, let's just go through the stats real quick. Uh, let's start with BYU. Tanner Magnum, he had uh, two, he went 12 or 22, 89 yards, no touchdowns, uh, but his backup, Aliva Hifa, went one for one and his touchdown. So uh, they didn't. They didn't do a whole lot in terms of quarterback play, but just enough, of course. Now, their player of the game, I'm going to give it to Squally Canada. They're running back. He had 11 carries, 131 yards, very efficient. And, you know, that's – he only that, – I mean, he only touched the ball 11 times and got 100 yards. A lot of times you'll see a running back, they'll have to get 20, 20, 20 or more just to get to 100. And he also had two touchdowns. Now, also, Maroney, Lau Lau, Patu, uh, Patutau, the wide receiver, also provided a touchdown too. Uh and also, if we're going through defense, uh, they were they were headed by two solid players. Uh, Sione Taka, Taki Taki, the linebacker, had eight tackles and one sack. And a quarter, uh, cornerback, excuse me, uh, Zaire Anderson had an interception. And it was crucial, too. One of those crucial interceptions that you can't give up. Now, in terms of Wisconsin, uh, Alex Holingbrook uh, went 18 for 28. Uh, 190 yards in the interception. The All-American Jonathan Taylor had 26 carries and 17, 117 yards. So, so imagine the difference. Wally for BYU went 131 yards on just 11 carries and got two touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor had 117 yards on 26 touches of the ball and still didn't score. Uh, their, one of their major scores came from their uh, fullback, Alec Ingold. In terms of receiving, uh, tight end Jay Ferguson led the way, three catches, 61 yards. And the big thing with them is Rafael Gaglione, their kicker, missed a game-time field goal with 41 seconds in the game. So it could have went to overtime. Wisconsin could have had a shot, but they ended up losing at home. Not a good look, y'all. Not a good look for them. Uh, but let's keep it going with these scores. Uh, SMU, Southern Methodist University, out there, I believe that's in uh, yeah Dallas, Texas. They lost to Michigan today, number nineteen, Michigan, forty-five to twenty. San Jose State, uh, right, right, really in my backyard, about about an hour or so away, about an hour, maybe thirty minutes drive for me. Uh, they lost twenty-two to thirty. Uh, 35 to number 20, Oregon, my favorite team, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, lost to Mississippi State, 63 to 63 to 13, uh, number 22, USC, uh, dropped a, dropped a, a give me, I thought they could have gotten this one, but they ended up losing to Texas, 14 to 37, Texas took a, a loss earlier this year already uh, to Maryland, an upset loss, so it was a little bit, um, you know, I wasn't expecting them to get this one, I'll tell you that. Uh, number one, Alabama, the big dog in the country, took on Ole Miss today, their, their conference rival, and beat that ass 62-7. to seven. Put something up in that. Uh, let's talk about that game real quick. Let's just break it down. Although we kind of, you know, we know what happened. But uh, let's let's talk about it real quick. Tua Tagovailoa went 11 of 15, 191 yards with two touchdowns. And he also added 47 yards on the ground. Uh, Jalen Hurts also uh, got some play today at the quarterback spot. He went 7 of 10, uh, 85 yards. 
and he had a touchdown and also an interception. Now, they had three running backs go for touchdowns, including Najee Harris, Joshua Jacobs, but Damian Harris had the most production. He had five carries and 62 yards. In terms of receiving, uh, Jerry Judy was their top receiver, three catches, 156 yards with two touchdowns. As far as the defense goes, they went for four sacks and two interceptions. So, again, another good game, and they just shit on their rivals. In terms of Ole Miss, uh, Jordan Tamau, he went 7-22, damn, 133 yards and a touchdown. DK Metcalf had two catches and 92 yards to go with a touchdown, and no running, got, running back uh, got more than 50 yards, and they played four of them today, and uh, I think only one of them got close to about 46, so it really wasn't a good game for them. As far as uh, defense goes for them, uh, Kel, uh, sorry, uh, Keldron Smith, the, uh, I'm sorry, their defensive back, led the way with five tackles. And also another one of their defensive backs, C.J. Moore, was able to get an interception. All right, so we have a couple more scores to get out the way. Uh, Arizona State, they were ranked in the top 25. That's liable to change. They came in tonight ranked number 23. They lost to San Diego State 28-21. to uh, Auburn was able to get the one against LSU 22 to 21 and uh that's it for the uh, that's it for at least for the co- uh for the top 25 of college football uh we had some uh we had that upset with the barring the major upset uh with to wisconsin uh it played out pretty much how i thought it was going to be um i wasn't too sure about the usc texas game to be honest with you but i knew alabama was going to handle business um i knew uh notre dame was going to handle business i didn't think it would be that close of a game oregon as well i knew pretty much handled business was going to handle business and we got to remember the first three weeks of the season for a lot of these teams especially in the power five conferences they're going to be playing teams in d2 or just you know, weaker Division One teams, FBS teams. So don't look for a whole lot. You know, for example, you know, Georgia, they're ranked number three. They're playing Middle Tennessee. So, you know, the first couple weeks of the season, you know, take it take it for what you will. You know, I wouldn't take uh, put too much stock in it. All right, y'all, we're going to take one. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we come back. Uh, we're going to talk some MLB. Uh, we're going to talk some playoffs. And then, of course, we're going to go over the standings and some of tonight's scores. All right, y'all, we'll be right back. All right, my peoples, we are back. We knew when it big this Saturday night, and I'm going to go over some baseball stuff right here. We're going to go over the playoffs real quick, and we're going to go over the standings, and then uh, we're going to go over these scores tonight. So let's get right into it. Uh, the Nationals beat the Braves tonight, uh, uh, earlier today, excuse me, 7-1. to uh, The Dodgers blew out the Cardinals 17 to four and uh, let's get into this game just a little bit uh this game was actually kind of close uh the cardinals i believe at one point uh tied it up but around the fifth inning your boy yasiel puig busts a solo, a solo homer he ends up hitting three in the game he also goes for seven rbis uh first baseman cody bellinger helps out too he also helped out with six rbis three uh, three hits and he also had three runs now in terms of pitching rich hill had a tough outing he did give up four hits but the the offense did come through and help him out like i said uh he went five innings he had two hits, four runs, like I said, and he had uh, eight strikeouts, and uh, he gave up those four runs in five innings, so it wasn't the greatest game in terms of pitching, 
uh, for L.A., but the uh, the offense definitely picked up. They got 17 runs. Everybody, uh, everybody on, I believe, got a hit on that squad tonight, and this is the Dodgers' fourth uh, straight win, and this helps them get back into the first place in the NL West. As far as the cards go, uh, Patrick Wisdom is going to be their big hitter. Uh, he Tonight, uh, at least today, excuse me, uh, he got them. He got uh, two hits for them, also four RBIs. And in terms of the pitching, uh, John Grant is going to take the L uh, in this game. He, he had uh, four innings pitched, six hits, six earned runs, four walks, and four strikeouts. So let's get right back to these scores. And um, the Tigers lose to the Indians 0-15. to Again, this is the year that I've been seeing a whole lot of blowout scores, a whole lot of double-digit uh, scoreboards. This is crazy. I haven't seen this too much. Uh, the Mets uh, lose to the Red Sox three to five, and the Cubs lose to the one. Uh, the Cubs. I'm sorry. The Cubs beat the Reds uh, one zip. And uh, this game was a pitcher's duel through and through. Uh, no doubt about it. In terms of the Cubs, in terms of their stats, John Lester is going to get the W for today uh, for that win today. Uh, he went seven innings. Uh, two hits, two uh, walks, and then nine strikeouts. And the game really wasn't won. It had to go extra innings and went to nine. And once uh, Wilson Contreras uh, was able to get the game-winning uh, game winning single off of Javier Baez. In terms of the Reds, uh, Jose Perez, also Joey Votto, both got hits. Uh, actually, Jose got two hits. Also, Dilson Herrera was able to get a hit as well. In terms of pitching, uh, Cody Reed did a phenomenal job. He went for five innings. He went. He had ten strikeouts, which is, which is a career high for them. Zero on runs, and he only gave up two hits. So, um, one thing I will say is Cincinnati does have a couple of aces in that in that bullpen. Of course, their record doesn't show it, but again, you know what can you say? But they definitely have some aces, but uh, was just just had a little bit extra. And when you're the, the, the divisional leader, you've won a World Series or two, that's what happens. You're just always going to add a little bit of extra just to get you by. Um, let's see. The Blue Jays uh, beat the Yankees today 8-7. to The A's lose to the Rays 5-7. to And they go three and a half games back with the Astros winning tonight. Uh, the White Sox beat the Orioles 2-zip. Uh, the Marlins beat the, I'm sorry, the Marlins lose to the Phillies 4-5, and the uh, Astros, uh, they beat the D-backs 10-4. Uh, In terms of that game, uh, the Astros, they did pretty well. Uh, a lot of their stars showed up. Alex Bergman, he had a hit tonight. Uh, Yuli Gurriel, uh, he had two hits and three RBIs, the first baseman. Also, Jose Altuve, their star second baseman, also had two hits and two RBIs as well. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez, uh, he also uh, had a couple hits as well. No home runs for the uh, Astros tonight, but they definitely were able to get on base and definitely able to generate runs. Uh, in terms of pitching, Charles Morton, Charlie Morton is going to get the win. Uh, he had he went for six innings, three only allowed three hits, and he has seven strikeouts. As far as the Diamondbacks goes, uh, Eduardo Escobar, third baseman, he had two hits in an RBI, and also Ketel uh, uh, Marte, he uh, second baseman, he had. Uh, two hits and actually two RBIs in total. So again, not a whole lot of offense from the Diamondbacks. And in terms of pitching, uh, Zach Godley is going to get the L. He went three and a half, three three innings, 
uh, seven, uh, seven, he had allowed seven hits, uh, four runs, and he also had six walks. So not a good game for them in terms of pitching. And Arizona is slowly um, losing uh, their place there in the playoffs and in the, in the division. So if they don't get their stuff together, they're definitely out of it. So let's go into these uh, uh these standings real quick. Talk a little bit more about the playoffs. Um, you know, as you will, as you may or may not know, for those of you who don't know, the winner of uh, the division in baseball pretty much gets a, a, a playoff spot. There are uh, also two other playoff spots. Oh, well, one other playoff spot open for the team who wins a wild card game. It's a playing game. So let's get right into it. You know how I do it. I'm only going to be talking about at least the top two or three teams within the division, depending on how. Uh, how close the teams are. So let's get right into it uh, with the American League and the American League East. We got the Red Sox on top, 102. Uh, they're 102 and 47. They've gone 73 in their uh, last 10. Uh, I pretty much, I've already talked about them earlier this week. I think it's a matter of time before they get that magic number. The Yankees are just 10 and a half games back. They're 5-5 five five in their last 10, still at 500, barely. Um, I'm not... You know, I'm not sold on them. Uh, they did end up adding Andrew McCutcheon at some point uh, in the recent about a month or so. So they do have, you know, so, you know, something on that team. They've added, they've added a couple players on that team, but again, I think the the space between them and Boston is too far. Uh, Aaron Gordon is still out, and they've pretty much been hovering around 500 uh, the past month. So I don't think they they definitely don't overtake the Red Sox in my opinion, and they might not hold on to the number one spot in the wild card as well. Uh, off to the Central Division, of course the Indians are on top, 83 and 65. Nobody's catching up to them. They have won that division. I'm waiting on the magic number. Uh, and I think actually I think they already do have one. I'm tripping. Uh, I think their matching number is three. Now in terms of the a, uh, the AL West, this conference is I mean this division excuse me is still close. Uh, the Astros are up 93 and 55. They gone eight and two in their last ten with the A's. My A's they're still in the mix. They're 90 and 59. They're three and a half games back. They've also they've gone seven and three in their last ten. Uh, very interesting stakes. Uh, I think for Oakland, they just got to pull these games. They're going to have to just win some games, uh, go on another another streak if they want to win the division, in my opinion. But uh, they definitely still they definitely still have a firm uh, grasp on a wild card spot. So um, they are at least going to the playoffs. I mean, if they get they can get past the Yankees, they can do it. Uh, and going into the NL, uh, starting with the NL East, uh, the Braves are on top, 83 and 65. They're going 73 in their last 10. At two is the Phillies. They're at 76 and 71, six and a half games back, four and six in their last 10. And then bringing up third, we got the Nats at 75 and 74. Eight and five, uh, they're eight and a half games back, six and four in their last 10. Uh, both of these teams. Uh, in terms of the Phillies and the Nationals, way too inconsistent for me. Uh, the Braves, they haven't really done a whole lot to just outright win um, win the division uh, themselves. They're still, you know, 
they don't have a magic number yet, so anything can happen. Uh, but the Phillies, I know the Phillies are pretty much done. And the reason why is I'm going to use this stat right here. They've lost already 10 series uh, between August and, and September. So they're not really beating team, a whole lot of teams. Uh, they're not beating teams consistently. And it shows. They're 76 and 71. Uh, they, this division was a lot closer uh, at the end of, I would say, at the be at the middle point of August, and now it's definitely bra it's a Braves division to lose. Uh, in terms of the Central, uh, we still got the main three guys here, main uh, three players I've been talking about. The Cubs are on top, 87 and 61. They've gone six and four in their last ten. Uh, the Brewers. They're at 85 and 64, two and a half games back. They're going seven and three in their last ten. So still trying to maintain their consistency. Still trying to, you know, push it. Again, they haven't been to the playoffs in 11 years. I want to root for them. I like teams that don't, you know, that, that like to improve. I like the teams that show progression, and these are one of those teams. Uh, coming in at third, we got the Cardinals. They're at 81 and 68. They're about six and a half games back, four and six in the last ten. They're not consistent enough for me. I'm not 100% buying them, uh, but, you know, you never know. We have, a, we have a few more games left. And off to the wild, wild National League West, you got the American League West was crazy. Well, check this out. The Dodgers are on top, and it took them it took them to, to, to till today to get on top. We don't know what happens tomorrow through the weekend, but as of now, they are on top, eighty-two and sixty-seven. Uh, they've gone six and four in the last ten. Like I said, they won four in a row as well with their win tonight against the Cardinals. So. You know, look, you know, four in a row is good. Let's see if they can increase it. They definitely going to need to. They only have a half game up on the number two team, which is the Rockies. They're at 81 and 67, five and five in their last 10. They're, they're all, both of these two guys are trying to get some consistency as well as the D-backs at number three. Now, they're 78 and 41. They're four games back, three and seven in their last 10. But imagine two or three weeks ago, the D-backs were, you know, could have been number one. And it was just, and it was just so much, you know, moving around. You know, I, I think this is the division where we might not know the winner until the last day. I'm not 100 percent sure. The AL West may go the same way as, as well. So, uh, but in my opinion, this division may not be figured out till the last day of the season. So, moving on to the wild card, and like I said before, in terms of the AL, the Yankees and the and the A's are pretty much a lot to go in. 91 and 57 for the Yankees. Um, the A's are at 90 and 59. That could change. But the only thing that would change would just be, you know, the ranking between the two. They both are pretty much a lot to play each other uh, come the end of the season. Now, in terms of the uh, wild card for the NL, things have changed up for a minute. Uh, it was a all NL, uh, NL Central um, wild card. But over the last couple of days, Colorado has gotten their their stuff right for now, and they are looking there at 81 and 67. So at as of today, they are the number two team to face off for the wild card against Milwaukee. So that opens things up. Uh, definitely, things are going to change throughout the weekend, and I think there's at least about one more full week of baseball left to find everything out. So this is not set in stone. Definitely not set in stone, y'all. All right, y'all. So we're gonna take one last quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna go over this fight, uh, this Triple G Canelo. 
Uh, my man, I told you, my man Canelo was going to get it done, and he did that. We're going to talk a little bit about that in the undercard as well, the other fights that came on on, on that uh, program as well. So we'll be back, y'all. All right, everybody. So we're going to wrap it up for tonight. And like I said, I was going to go over uh, the Triple G and Canelo rematch. So uh, let's get right into it. I'm going to talk about the undercard first, which is just the preliminary matches. I talked a little bit about them last night. There were going to be three matches. So let's get right into it. Uh, Jaime Munguia was able to defeat uh, Brandon Cook via three-round TKO. The ref had to stop the fight. So for Munguia, he's able to maintain his undefeated record. He's 31 and zip now. And he's also still the WBO junior middleweight champ. Uh, in uh, the middleweight uh, matchup, uh, David Lemieux uh, was able to beat up Gary O'Sullivan in the battle of the old, the old school, the old time looking boxers. Uh, Gary O'Sullivan, uh, well, David Lemieux had his old school Jack Dempsey haircut, and your boy Gary O'Sullivan, he had the you know the handlebar nineteen twenty five mustache, and I'm telling you, it was an old school throwback. Uh, but David Lemieux was able to get that first round knockout two minutes and forty four seconds in, um, and he's looking to maybe fight the uh, the winner of Canelo and Triple G down the line. He is a former champion himself, and he has fought Triple G at one time too in, in the. Well, about a couple years ago, he did end up losing to Triple G. Um, and one thing about him, before I get anywhere else, you know, a lot is said about this guy. Uh, he's now 40, and 40, uh, 40 wins in. And um, one thing I will say, he definitely has power. And that's one thing if you do hear about this guy, they're going to always, you know, bring that up. They're going to mention it. They're going to talk about it a lot. Uh, but I think it's... It, it's it's all about styles, and I think if you get him in the ring with a proper boxer or just somebody who hits maybe a little bit harder than him, in the cases of Billy Joe Saunders, uh, Billy Joe Saunders just happened to be a better boxer, better mover, and he just moved circles around Lemieux, and he just beat him up for 12 rounds, uh, was able to get a unanimous decision there, and in the case of Triple G, Triple G just hit way harder, and Triple G was able to knock him out, so, you know, if you hear about the guy, you, you know, you're looking at this first round knockout, yeah, it's exciting, but he ain't all that. I'm just gonna be honest with you. He ain't he ain't all that. Now, my boy, now the old boy, now when I say old boy, two, three, about two years ago, this man was hot. He was a pound for pound, pound for pound contender. Uh he, he was hot shit in the boxing world. Roman Chocolito Gonzalez was able to get back on the good foot. Uh, beating up Moses Moises Fuentes via fifth round TKO. Uh, so all the preliminaries were won by knockout. I, I don't see, you don't see that too often. But Roman Chocolito, I'm not saying he's back, but you know he had a good win and he's trying to get back there. He's trying to get back to that top spot. So it was a good win for him. Good, good, uh, good. It was a good. Uh, time to see him, you know, big stage, you know, uh, undercar for Canelo. A lot of eyes are watching. Hopefully, this leads into bigger things for him. Hopefully, he gets his stuff back together in terms of his juice. Now, in terms of the big main event, my man Canelo was able to beat Triple G via a majority decision. And I, and I uh, at one point, uh, talked about the differences between the decisions in boxing uh, at some point, maybe a, 
a month ago. But just in case for you, for those who forgot, a majority decision is when one judge calls the fight a draw, sees the fight as a draw, but the other two judges see the fight uh, won by one of the other fighters. And in this case, it was Canelo. Uh, let's look at the uh, scorecards real quick. Uh, one uh, judge, like I said, they had it tied 114-114. I could have saw that. I understand that. Um, although I saw Canelo eking out a, a decent 115-113 score, which is what the other judges saw. Uh, they saw 115-113. Now, when you look at the fight and you look at the county box, the county box is going to say, uh, you know, GG, uh, Triple G, Atlantic Canelo, 243-22. Now, let's look, at, let's look a little bit more into it. And if you saw the fight, you might disagree with me, but this is what I saw. Uh, I did see Triple G land some more punches. Uh, I definitely saw that. I definitely did see a jab come from him. Uh, but one thing I did see, and what the stats might not tell you, uh, or what you might not always see, is Canelo did a lot of good work to the body. He landed 46 body shots compared to just 8 from Triple G. Triple G, I wouldn't say, is a body uh, snatcher in terms of just, you know, being a just somebody who can punish your body. But he definitely, that's usually part of his game plan. Um, and Canelo beat him to the punch. He landed in my opinion, the horror combinations. Now, Canelo, I'm sorry, GG, uh, Triple G might have landed a few more shots in terms of jabs, things like that. And maybe, and, you know, in a, in a couple to, in a couple rounds, he did add some flurries. Uh, round nine, he was able to, actually round 10, he was able to hurt Canelo, almost like he was able to drop Canelo. But what one if, what, you know, what made it comfortable for me to side with Canelo was even after he got hurt, Canelo stayed right up on uh, Triple G's ass, stay right in his face, and again, like with the first fight, although Triple G threw a lot of punches, he still missed a lot, and Canelo made him pay all throughout the fight, and Triple G, for what it's worth, he did look a little bit older, and it looked like, you know, all the energy that he was going to have to, you know, amount and amass, you know, it was looking like it was getting to him, in a lot of cases, yes, he might have been beating Canelo to the punch in certain aspects, but then after a while, Canelo's just energy and work weight would just win him, win him a lot of rounds, and although in overall punches, Triple G might landed us uh, a, a bit more but in terms of power shots with punches that you really see punches that you know really take effect canelo show showed up there he went 143 to uh, triple g's 116 to me that's significant to me you know a lot of people they want to you know they want to talk about stats that's a stat you don't you know, you can't look over. So in my opinion, Triple D Triple G did just enough to win this fight. It was close. There's many there was many rounds uh that there were a couple rounds that Triple G did win. It wasn't like he didn't show up, and that's what makes these fights damn good. This is was a good fight, both ways. And uh, again, uh what was on the line tonight? Well, the WBA super middleweight title, the WBC uh, middleweight title, the WBO middleweight title, the lineal title, which is basically the undisputed champ, the champ of all the champs. He's beaten other champs, which is what Canelo just did, and the Ring Magazine champ. And if you don't know, I'll repeat it. The Ring Magazine is basically the four, the foremost um, source in terms of boxing information. It's a magazine that's been out for at least sixty years, and uh, they they do their own rankings of boxes and everything else, just like other uh, 
boxing sanction sanctioning bodies they're just not a sanctioning body but they're involved with boxing they have been for 100 years at least for 100 years something like that 60 something years uh, 60 to 100 years something like that and they like i said they actually put out their own belt and canelo won that as well and in terms of records right now canelo he's at 50 he's finally crossed the 50 win mark he's at 51 with 34 ko's and um one thing i wanted to ch uh correct was uh canelo's only loss came to floyd mayweather the original fight with triple g it was actually a split decision draw so there you go and this is actually triple g's first loss so he's now sitting at 38 and one and they both have the same number of ko's at 34 um again canelo just like he did in the first fight in my opinion he moved he moved his head which is important he made triple g miss and he made triple g pay um, Daniel Jacobs wasn't able to do it on that level. A lot of people haven't been able to do it on that level. I don't think Billy Joe Saunders could do it on that level, uh, but Canelo was, and, uh, definitely it would probably be a third fight unless, you know, depending on how Triple G feels, I'm pretty certain this will go a third fight in a row. And this is just going to make some more money, y'all. That's what it's all about. And it was a good fighter with two, it was a good fight with two, it was a good fight with two good fighters. So you can't be mad at that. So if they decide to do it a third time, well, I guess they'll have to bring it on. But as of tonight, Canelo is the champion. Viva la Mexico. All right, y'all. It's been good. Uh, I'll be back next week. We're going to be coming back with the uh, word on the street, of course. And then, of course, we're going to be uh, checking back in with the baseball, with the playoff races, with baseball. So, y'all stick tight. We'll be back either Monday or Tuesday, y'all. All right. Y'all have a good rest of y'all weekend. This is your man, El Jamal, always saying I love you. If nobody has said it yet, and y'all have a good night. Peace out.